I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hi, I'm Chelsea Clinton, and this season on In Fact, we're celebrating Women's History Month. I'll be talking with trailblazing women at the top of their fields about their personal journeys, the progress we've made, and how far we still have to go. Today, I am thrilled to be talking about women in sports with Megan Rapino, soccer star, equal rights, and equal pay advocate and the person my children know is the face of soccer and the lady with the pink hair. We're talking shortly after Megan and her teammates achieved a huge win off the field and one many people doubted was ever possible, a settlement designed to bring equal pay to our U.S. national soccer team women players. It's a fight Megan may not have expected as a young player, but it's one she's been a vital part of and one she's often been the face of. Megan began playing for the national team in 2006 but she burst onto the public stage and became a viral sensation during the 2011 World Cup quarterfinal in Germany, a game I vividly remember watching. In case you weren't watching, Megan made a stunning 45-yard pass to Abby Wambach, who headed the ball into the goal, tying the score with about a minute left in the match. It's been called one of the greatest goals in women's soccer history. Though the team later lost the final that year, I guess I didn't bring good luck even though I was cheering in the stands that night, 
It brought home gold at the 2012 Olympics and won the World Cup in 2015 and 2019, where Megan was awarded the golden boot for being top scorer and the golden ball for being the best player in the tournament. Not surprisingly, she was also named FIFA's Best Woman Player of the Year. And yet, even though chants of equal pay could be heard throughout the stadium in France after the team's victory, Megan and her teammates still had to fight an uphill battle with the U.S. Soccer Federation for equal pay and equal working conditions with the men's teams. A year later, in 2020, the former head of U.S. Soccer claimed indisputable science showed that women players were inferior to men, and the team suffered a major court loss. But the women of the national team refused to stop fighting. And in February of 2022, a $24 million settlement was reached right before Megan and I spoke. It awarded the players $22 million, with an additional $2 million going towards supporting players in their post-soccer careers and charitable efforts. Importantly, it also included a pledge to equalize pay between the men's and women's national team's collective bargaining agreement. Megan is a leader and a role model, on the field and off, in sports and beyond, for women and girls, and men and boys. The impact of her work and her example will be felt for years and for generations to come. I asked Megan how she was feeling about the settlement, given the years of blood, sweat, and tears that went into reaching this moment. Oh, gosh. It really is hard to put into words, you know, something that you shouldn't have to do, but you know that you have to do it. And so there's that (laughs) battle constantly. And just like you said, um, I don't know if there was blood, but certainly a lot of sweat and tears (laughs) going into it. And just such an arduous process. And long. Oh, and so long in the courts and COVID. I'm just happy that we've come to this day and that we were able to get to this. I mean, I think the best part of the settlement is what it will provide going forward, to be honest. You know, I was saying yesterday that I can never get this time back. I can never be undiscriminated against. I could never unhear the things that they've said to us or the way that they've looked at us or the way that they've treated us over all of these years. There's not really, um, I mean, I'm sure I could think of a dollar amount that's bigger than 24 that would, (laughs) that would smooth it over a little bit, but we're not there. But the justice really comes from the next generation of players never having to deal with any of this again. Obviously that's contingent upon the negotiation of the collective bargaining agreement, which the deadline is, I think has been pushed back to the end of March But both sides seem very confident about that and moving forward. I think it's something that the Federation has now understood. It has to end. I mean, it's just like, what are we doing? I've been saying this for a long time. When we win, everyone wins and we can move on and work to repair the relationship that has been so damaged and we can hopefully move forward together. If they win, we're literally in the exact same spot and everyone loses them, us, fans, the next generation, everything. So it's surreal. It's hard to even put into words, but I think it's something that we're all incredibly proud of and something that we can really genuinely stand behind. And I think everyone's looking forward to mending that relationship and moving on to the next step of doing what we want to do, which is playing soccer and being able to do that to the fullest of our ability and also grow the game and grow the business of soccer. Megan, as you say, while the back pay is hugely important and certainly, I hope, validating the fact that the Federation has committed to equal pay into perpetuity, it is a really really big deal. It's a really big deal. Yeah, it's a really big deal. 
it wasn't a straight line from when you filed your complaint six years ago to days ago. And you lost a pretty significant ruling in 2020, which you were in the process of appealing. Was there a moment, though, when you realized you would win, that right would prevail, that equal pay would happen? I honestly always felt that. Probably because I'm really naive in the legal system and I don't know everything. <laughs> or you're just an optimist. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a forever optimist, but I also don't know totally the ins and outs of all the legal system. So even the ruling in California, it was really disappointing. But I was just like, oh my God, this is insane. We're obviously going to win on the appeal. And I just feel like I know my experience and I know the things that have been said to me. I know the way that we've been looked at, you know, publicly and privately. I know that we asked for the exact same pot of money as the men. And I know that we are categorically denied that because they didn't think our market value was there or whatever they said at the time. So it was just a matter of getting to it and sticking to it. And I think even just looking back just in other sort of movements and like progress in history, it's never just like the oppressed person goes to, to the oppressor and is like, hey, just by the way, you're not acting really in the best way. It'd be great if you could stop that. And they're like, oh yeah, perfect. Okay, no problem. Oh my gosh, we had no idea. It's long and arduous and it takes not only a changing of the hearts and minds, which honestly probably comes last, but an actual like change in the structures and the day-to-day systems of how people work and how decisions are made and what people are making those decisions and who's really at the sort of leadership table or in the boardroom. When you were a little kid playing soccer with your sister and you were like, oh, maybe I can be a professional soccer player, did you realize how much more labor you would have to do than just play on the field? That I would have to have like 10 other jobs? Yeah. No, (laughs) no, I didn't realize that. I might've just taken an easier one job (laughs) kind of route. And how much would we all have lost, right? My Uh, kids couldn't have cheered on the lady with the pink hair. Yeah, right? No, I mean, I had no idea, obviously. It's like, I knew that women's and men's sports weren't on the same playing field because I grew up only watching men's sports because that's all that was on TV really until I was probably 12 or 13. And certainly with the 99 World Cup, that changed everything, but- No, I really had no idea. But when you were little, you and your sister played on co-ed teams and played on boys' teams. So even when you were little, did you see the boys being treated differently, or were you just so much better than the boys, you were kind of impervious to that? We grew up in a pretty small town. So, I mean, my sister and I were pretty dominant in a lot of ways, and, and definitely, like, you know, up until the gender started to be sort of split, we were almost better than everyone. Where we noticed that we actually played on a boys team for a period of time, I think we were like 12. The boys on our team didn't really care because obviously they knew that we were good. The boys on the other teams, frankly, didn't really seem to care. It was the parents that really cared. And then that sort of made the boys on the other team be like, yeah, they shouldn't be out here. Probably because we were busting them. But I think it was the parents, frankly, just like seeing something different And having things be a little different, I think, and just immediately being resistant to that or uncurious about that. I mean, you see that even now, it's always the old people that are getting, it's always the old people that are getting in the way. And was there a moment where you realized that it wasn't just fun, but it could be your job? I think it was my freshman year of college was my first time being brought up to the full national team. So playing in a couple games and seeing, okay, they're doing this for a living. Like Abby's doing this for a living. She has a nice apartment and like drives her own car. So it kind of, 
I think being on the national team at that age, I was kind of like, okay, this is like a real thing. It does mean something. To me. It means a lot to me, actually, as a mom of two sons. And for my five-year-old, you are what he thinks of when he thinks of soccer. And so I see how the visibility of role models matters. And we often in conversations like this spend a lot of time talking about how much it matters for our daughters, and it certainly does. But it matters for our sons, too. It matters that our boys look up to strong, powerful, persistent, kind women. We'll be right back. Stay with us. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. One of the things that I think so many people admire or the opposite of admire, but certainly for my purposes admire about you is that you have never bowed to the exhortations to just be an athlete or just focus on dribbling a ball. Is your activism that isn't only confined to equal pay, but thankfully is far more capacious, something that you kind of chose to lean into? Or even when you were a kid or a college student, part of who you were, part of who you've always been? I think a little bit of both. 
my sister and I both, I don't know why we totally have this, but we definitely have a bristle towards authority and particularly authority that we feel is like using their power in sort of nefarious ways or taking advantage or manipulating. I think that's part of it. I think our parents from a young age really instilled in us. And I think because we excelled at sports at such a young age, we were kind of the cool kids in school. And they were like, okay, but to be clear, that doesn't mean anything. And that's not what makes you cool is the fact that you're popular in school or what makes you like, you need to be a good person on top of that. And also like use it for good. Like you guys have a power, whether you want it or not. And you have a responsibility to do good with that. So I think that was sort of stealth instilled in us when we were younger. And then I think just seeing my own reality, I mean, being on the women's national team at a young age and starting to learn about the pay inequity that every person before me had experienced and that I walked into and started to experience immediately. Being gay as well gave me like the first foundation of what it meant to be an ally because I was asking people of that before I even had the language of ally or activist or anything. I was like, I am pretty sure gay marriage is the way to go. I'm pretty sure we should just be able to be who we are. And we need other people to say that who aren't in, you know, our similar situation. And I think that really set the foundation going forward for other forms of activism, whether it's kneeling with Colin and what he was saying or pay equity. I think it just became very clear to me that we had some platform with the national team and there was something a little bit different about it. I think being able to represent America all the time. And all of America. Yeah, all of America. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, I represent you. All over the country, 20 to 25 times a year and then twice every four years with the Olympics and the World Cup on a global stage. It was kind of like, okay, we're actually able to say a lot more and bring a broader message to a lot of different places in the country that maybe we don't live in or wouldn't have access to. And I think I'm just outspoken in general, but I think kind of like after 2011, our, our World Cup was in Germany. We ended up losing in the final, but we came home to like this hero. And you had an iconic moment with Abby. Yeah, in that game. yeah, we did. We did. I mean, that's probably one of the best moments of my career. 2019 is tough to top, but that particular moment was t just totally insane. I still, I think I just blacked out and I think we both blacked out and Luckily, yeah, our instincts took over, but I was like shouting, screaming from my living room. <laughs> like I'm sure many, many fans it were. It really was insane. I think it's one of the most exciting and like nerve wracking sports moments ever. So I think coming back to that and like the team blew up and we, it's like we lost. I'm like, do people even know that we lost? I kept saying that to all my teammates. I'm like, I don't think people knew that we lost. But it was an amazing game. And it was an amazing care. tournament. Yeah. They thought that was the final. And I was like, who am I to correct them? But <laughs> I think then it was like the tides just totally changed. And I think because we had this ever-present equal pay discrimination going on, it was like we were constantly in the face of discrimination. And you were winning. And we were winning. Even if you lost every game, you should still be paid equally, but you yeah, were winning. we were wildly successful and winning, and you could see the crowd start to grow, and our off-field sponsorship was growing, and fast forward to the World Cup in 2015, an amazing win, and then really not seeing any kind of significant sort of windfall financially from that. We're like, well, this can't make sense. And then you had people chanting at the 2019 World Cup, which was yeah. pretty extraordinary. Yeah, and then that sort of was the culminating moment 
of the whole world and the whole soccer world just being like, this can't still be happening. Obviously, we filed the lawsuit prior to going to that World Cup, which put a lot of emphasis on it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a little bit of a growth into it, but it was also sort of this natural progression, like, of course, this team is going, you know, with a bunch of women who are strong-willed and our only sort of permission structure is each other. And I think that's another thing that is really unique about us that the majority of women do not have is if you're excellent at what you do, you're usually one or one of very few, whether that's you're just excelling in your, you know, particular discipline, or if you're in a C-suite, you're probably the only one or, you know, one of two. But for us, there's like 23 of us all the time. And so we're all just constantly looking at each other like, this is okay, right? And we're all like, yeah, I think it's fine. (laughs) And so we sort of get that confidence. We sort of know what our reality is and we validate that for each other and we don't gaslight each other. We have dealt with that with the Federation for years and years and years. And I think having that sort of support around us all the time from each other was the thing that tipped it over the edge. Well, especially when you haven't always been supported by U.S. soccer itself. And you mentioned earlier how you took a knee shortly after Colin Kaepernick in 2016. And that was a fairly intense year you know, certainly in my life, but also in the life of our country. But to see the hypocrisy of the people in the institutions condemning Colin and then embracing the Confederate flag, being worn and waved so painfully, proudly at Trump rallies, was a lot of cognitive dissonance for me. And I can't imagine how much cognitive uh, dissonance it must have been for you when it seemed so clear to you why you were making that choice. And yet, like, U.S. soccer was not terribly supportive of you. That's one way to put it. I mean, I think that they were wholly unsupportive and threw me under the bus completely. (laughs) That's how it felt to me. Wow. No, I mean, so unsupportive. And to bring up gaslighting again, that sort of same idea of like, we're just not even going to listen to what you have to say. No one feels this way. You're totally going against the- Or it's not your place. Country. Yeah, it's not my place. Just be proud. Just feel grateful to wear the shirt, which by the way, I earned- to put the shirt on. You didn't give me the opportunity to wear the shirt. I earned that myself and with my teammates, as all of my teammates do. And we represent the entire country. We represent Colin Kaepernick. We represent the Federation. We represent black and brown people. We represent straight people. We represent middle of America and to the coast. To me, I don't understand how people don't see how it's all connected. The way that our Federation treated us with the dismissiveness and the lack of respect rings true with Trump stalking your mom on the stage at a debate, which rings true with what he said about immigrants coming across the border, which is rings true with what Greg Abbott is doing in Texas right now, attacking trans families and trans kids in particular. So to me, it's like the power structure wants everything to stay the same forever. And it, you know, just so happens almost everyone was cut out of the original design and the power structure, and we're just supposed to find our way in there. I feel like whenever I'm, you know, sort of taking a stand with something, I never think of who I'm talking to. I think I'm who I'm talking with. And it's always way more than that one person. I mean, Trump in particular, when he tweeted at me and tweeted at the team during the World Cup, it was obviously a page out of his old playbook, like go attack a powerful woman, hopefully throw her off her game, distraction, heap the whole of the troll world onto me. And we'll just see how this person falls apart because it's difficult. But I always feel like there's so much more of us than there is of them fighting for it. So that's kind of where I find my power and my strength in that, even though it is 
difficult to stare down your boss or stare down the, the president of the United States. The unfortunate president, yeah. We're taking a quick break. Stay with us. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm an optimist, partly because I think cynicism is the preserve of people who don't want anything to change, who spend a lot of time, energy, and money often convincing those of us who do want to see change that it's not worth it, it's too hard, it's impossible. And clearly, Megan, so many people look up to you and you inspire so many people. And I just am curious, when you were a girl or a young player, were there players or other women that you really looked up to, who you drew inspiration from their tenacity, their persistence? Not until I was a little bit older, to be honest. Looking back, I don't feel like I had a lot of access to female professional athletes, really. I grew up watching Michael Jordan and the Bulls. I mean, I remember the day the WNBA was created. I was like a junior in high school, and I was like, there's finally going to be a women's professional basketball league? I must have been like 10 when that happened. So it it wasn't until 
I would say a couple years before the 99 World Cup, where I started to go to a couple games and see that there was women doing what I loved to do in a stadium and playing for the national team. And seemingly this was their job. So I would say it really wasn't until then that I feel like I even had the opportunity to have a real role model or an inspiration that I could connect with. That you could see yourself in. Yeah. And so when soccer players or other athletes who are younger women starting off in their careers or maybe even thinking about how to begin their careers come and ask you for advice, what do you tell them? Oh, gosh. Um, It's not fair, but you're going to have to do more. And I think just wrapping your head around that really early on is beneficial. You will have it better than anyone has ever had it, but certainly there's so much room to make it even better for the next generation and take pride in that. I think that's just a reality. I think be absolutely as fearless as you possibly can. I always look at it like the world was not designed for me anyways, So the more time I spend trying to, you know, squeeze myself into this pinhole, the more miserable I'll become. So build your own, build your own coalitions, build your own sense of confidence with people who not just are like-minded. I think you need that challenge and that difference of opinion, but ultimately who do see the world in a similar fashion and, and see you as whole. Don't ever let anyone tell you who you are, what you are, the limits of what you can be, not even yourself. I think always shoot for absolutely everything and just see where you end up. And I think to enjoy it as well. I feel like there is a lot of heart about it and there is a lot of struggle, but there's so much joy as well. This game has obviously brought me, you know, so much joy, but there's joy in the struggle too. It's it's joyful to be able to, you know, barb at the status quo and poke the bear and to constantly be pushing forward because it's like, you know, you have the thing that matters on your side, which is the truth. And the truth is a really hard thing to go against, especially when you have a coalition of people or a team or people in your corner who are willing to do the same thing and are fighting on that same wavelength. And I know you and your sister spend time with kids who are playing soccer and I wonder what you're like as a coach and a mentor for kids. Not a good coach, but I'm a great hype person. I'm a great hype woman. I mean, because I hate to say this to to parents. I don't know if you have aspirations for your kids to become professional athletes, but like (laughs) more than likely they're not going to. If they're going to be professional athletes, like you're going to know. First of all, they're going to be better than everyone basically at every level. And like, they're going to be exceptional and you won't really have to do all that much, but it's the kindness, it's the bravery, you know, it's all the cliches, but it's like the sportsmanship and the teamwork and the conflict resolution. And then just for the kids to have fun. I feel like that's a little bit getting a little bit lost. Youth sports is just this, uh, I think it's been like monetized quite a bit. And I think just the, the fact that kids need to play and play with each other and do physical activity and have the conflict resolution and just be creative in their own bodies is something that I think is really being missed. Because the reality is that 99.9% of these kids aren't going to become professional soccer players or, you know, athletes, and they shouldn't feel like a failure because of that. That's just kind of the reality of it. And I think that's kind of how they're made to feel is like, well, if I'm not going to be, you know, Megan Rapino, is it even worth playing soccer? And it's like, well, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. yeah, it absolutely is. The last question I want to ask, which we're asking everyone in this series is, is there one statistic 
or fact or anecdote about women in soccer or women in sports more broadly in the United States that either really inspires you or enrages you. But knowing you, if it enrages you, it also probably inspires you. Oh, man. Um, I think what enrages and inspires me, I don't have a number or a statistic for it, likely because it doesn't exist, but the opportunities lost. And I think when people think about pay equity or think about equality, it's always like, okay, well, I was paid, you know, $7 and I should have been paid 10. So there's a $3 difference. Well, kind of, but also what would I have done with those $3 and what would $10 have allowed me to do as opposed to seven? And if we, you know, put women on TV all the time, do people like women's sports better? Probably. I don't want to know everything I know about LeBron James, but I know a lot because he's on my TV. So it's like, I think the the just loss of all of that is most frustrating to me because particularly as I've become more successful and been able to make more money and been able to make decisions on my own and sort of create a business around myself where I see myself whole and the other people around me see me whole. And now we can go to companies and pitch myself like this and tell them basically what they need to pay me or tell them how they should be looking at me instead of always letting other people sort of put the limits on. So I think we're starting to see that more. And that's why representation matters. That's why, like you were just saying with your son, your son doesn't He's not looking at me and saying like, oh, I like that female gay soccer player. He just knows I'm a soccer player. Yes. And so the representation for him is not that he's going to be me per se, but that he knows that a woman like me exists. And then that shapes how he views himself and how he views other men and how he views other women. And so for me, it's all that's taken away from us that we're slowly starting to claw back. That's the most frustrating because it's like this thing you can't quantify. It's like, you know, if I only had $5, what would I have done if I had a hundred? And it's just that sort of opportunity loss that we'll never know. So you can make up back pay or you can have a different salary or whatever, but for what has already transpired there, there kind of is no justice for that. So on a more optimistic note though, hopefully the younger players on the national team the women who will compete in the next World Cup and all of the women who will come after hopefully won't even know what you're talking about, Megan, because hopefully their reality will be so profoundly different because you and your teammates fought so hard for that to be true. I mean, honestly, it already is. I mean, I think to answer your last question more optimistically or in a more positive way, like it just feels like it's exploding. Like we had our experience in 2019 and I think that was a windfall for other sports as well. The WNBA just raised $75 million. That That is real money. That's incredible. So it's like, as we start to claw back or work towards equality or however you want to say, it's just exponential growth all the time, all the time for all the sports and it snowballs and we're all connected and we can really feed off each other. And it's like the things that the kids are saying now, they're like upset that they're not chartering everywhere. And I'm like, do you guys know how much private planes cost? <laughs> do you know how much it costs to charter? Like, but they're like, yeah, we deserve it. And I'm like, who am I to tell you that you don't? They're already living in a different 
reality. And then they're creating that reality. And creating that reality and continuing to push those boundaries. And for me personally to be able to watch, I know for my teammates, for us to be able to in real time, when we're still young and in our career, see that the world has changed for the better. That's the crowning achievement for sure. And then we just have to protect that progress, right? Protect because that progress. there are a lot of forces trying to tear it down. Lord knows. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, it was so nice to be able to chat with you. Thanks for having me on. You can find Megan on Twitter at mpino and on Instagram at mrapino. And you can find her memoir, One Life, wherever books are sold. In Fact is brought to you by iHeartRadio. We are produced by a mighty group of women and one amazing man. Erica Goodmanson, Marit Har, Sarah Horowitz, Jessamyn Molly, and Justin Wright. With help from Lindsay Hoffman, Barry Lurie, Joyce Kubin, Julie Subrin, Mike Taylor, and Emily Young. Original music is by Justin Wright. If you like this episode of In Fact, please make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your family and friends to do the same. If you really want to help us out, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.